judo weapon in order to use the affection that we give others against them. That kind of love is not found in the gospel. And that kind of love will never do. It's not Christ love. And then there's others of us who say, well, we don't even know what love is. We don't even know what love is. I've never experienced love. You should, but if, you know what? If I came up here and, told, and, and picked up that microphone over there and told everyone here the story of how I grew up, and, and, and you would realize how no, I just had no love and therefore I can't give what I don't have. That is never the excuse of the Christian. Now watch this. If you're not in Christ, you're off. You're, and I mean this in the most, you know, you're not, if you're not in Christ, you're not responsible for what I'm about to say. What I'm about to say is only for Christians. The Christian, brothers, sisters, those whose Christ, who Christ is their joy, salvation, and all in all. Let me tell you, our excuse can never be, we don't know love, or we can't give what we don't have. Oh no, beloved. Love came from heaven to earth. Love lived the life that you should have lived and died the death that you deserve to die. Love went on the cross for you to pay the penalty for your sin. Love, love was then buried in the ground for three days. He was not dead. He was really, really dead. Rose from the grave. Love came back to life and sent His Spirit to live inside of you. If you don't lo know love, it's because you don't know Christ. Love for the Christian can never say love. I don't know. No. I know him. And he loves me. And he sacrificed for me. And I'm not going to love like the way my father on earth taught me to love. I'm going to love how my father in heaven in Christ Jesus has loved me. I'm not going to love the way my mom showed me to love. I'm going to love the way the Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus is showing me to love now. You see, love is bigger than your emotions. Love is bigger than your circumstances. Love is bigger than your experiences. Love, love has come for us. And if you're not in Christ, let me tell you something. We are grateful that you're here. And if you're kicking the Christian tires, my prayer is that you would step over the line. That you would say, yeah, you know, I need love. Because let's face it, many of us, many of us are finding ourselves pursuing love in ways that only break our hearts further. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you. Oh, it, once I get married, then everything will be all right. Oh, once I get divorced, then everything will be all right. I get it. I get it. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's not where love is found. Love is not found in a place, in a concept, or a topic. Love is found in a person. His name is Jesus. And he thinks that you're the best thing since sliced bread. He loves you. He loves you. And he brought you here so that I might remind you. He loves you. We, 
we're going to spend some time in a very, very powerful passage. And I hope it's one that changes your life. I mean, if love doesn't change you, nothing will. But here's what we're going to learn. What we're going to learn is that we've been loved by Christ to love like Christ. That it's not enough. Brothers, sisters, listen to me. It is not enough to walk in here and say, I am loved by God. It is, and, and that's fine. Listen, that's fine. If that's as much as you know, that's wonderful. I'm grateful. But that love should overflow to something. We ask the question, who is the most mature person in Christendom? Who's the most mature person in this room? Is it the person who uh, knows the most scriptures? Maybe. Is it the person who's most generous? Maybe. Is it the person who uh, does the most service? Maybe. Is it the person who prays the most or shares the gospel the most? Maybe. But how do we know for sure who the person who's the most mature Christian? It's easy. It's this way. We know who's the most mature Christian by the one who experiences God's love to overflow on others. You cannot say, oh, it's just me and Jesus. That's not, listen, the Bible doesn't give you that option. You want to see if you love God? Let me check how you treat others. Amen. You want to see if you love God? And listen, this is not an examination. For, listen, this is not you giving an examination to anybody else. Don't you nudge your wife. Don't you look over at your husband. Don't you, say, don't you say to yourself, I wish so-and-so was here. They really need to hear this message. <laughs> don't you say that. Listen to me, beloved. Beloved, this is an examination that the Holy Spirit is giving for the person sitting in your seat. An examination that the Holy Spirit is giving to the person who puts on your clothes, who smiles with your mouth who hugs with your arms, who looks with your eyes. This is an examination. And the Holy Spirit says, listen, you want, you want to know who loves God the most? You want to see who's the most mature person here? Those who are in Christ, they're not only loved by Christ, they love like Christ. Let's, we have a scripture that I want us to look at. It's our tradition to stand at the reading of God's word because he's an awesome God and he's given us a powerful word. Now, beloved, listen to me. Before we read, today uh, is uh, once a month. It's a tradition in our church for once a month to celebrate communion. And what we mean by celebrating communion is to be reminded of all that Jesus has done for us and to not only be reminded, but to rejoice in Him. Th be thinking about that. Be thinking about all He's done for you. Be thinking about what He's doing for you presently. So that when you have this communion, in other words, this intimate time of, of prayer with Jesus, you can go, oh God, make me love like Jesus 
And if you don't know Jesus, you can say, oh God, help me to see. Help me to receive. Help me to walk in the love that Jesus has given to me. Let's read this verse together. We're going to read uh, uh, about eight verses on the count of three. Would you, nice, would you read in a nice loud voice? One, two, three. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will last. This is my command. Love each other. This is God's word. Please have a seat. Jesus is speaking to his followers. It's, that's important to get. Jesus is not telling a bunch of dead people to go live. He's not telling a bunch of loveless people to go love. He's telling his followers, the one he's given the love to. Because you can't give what you don't have. And until you've experienced the love of Christ, again, like we said earlier, the love that you give looks awfully self-centered. Jesus is speaking to his followers. Jesus knows that he's going to die on the cross for our sins. It's coming soon. And he gives this instruction to his... um, He gives this instruction to his followers. And he shows the basis. He says this. Look at verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. If you've been loved by Christ, you've been loved by the Father. In other words, this is, a great, this is a great moment to talk theologically. As Christians, as Bible believers, we believe that God is both three and one. Right? So God is Father, Son, and so God is not three gods. That's not God. No, no, no. God is three in one. The... Uh, the divines, much smarter than I am, they tried to put a word, they had to invent a word for how to explain who God is in a short phrase. The word is not found in the Bible, but it's an explanation to help us to understand who God is and how God is. They said, they used the word, they invented this word, Trinity. God is a tri- One, two, three, like a tricycle. Unity, one. 
God is three in one. He is tri-unity. He is trinity. Now, the reason that that's important for us is because the Bible says, and we learned this last week, that God is love. Now, why is this big? Because before there was anything else in the world, before anything else existed, before earth or sky, before time and space, before anything else was invented by God, God is love. Now this is significant for us because God is love means to us that that, in other words, God is not wrath. God is love. God, the love of God has been going on for all of eternity. He is just sharing. In other words, God doesn't, you know how like you heard growing up, some of you heard growing up, oh, you know why God made us? God made us to have someone to love. Eh, Not true. God had everything that he needed. God was satisfied all by himself. The Father loving the Son and the Son loving the Spirit and the Spirit loving the Father. The Trinity in love with one another. Love being poured out. So what made the world? It was love. Your parents might, you might have been a mistake for your parents. Listen to me. But not to God. You know why you're here? Because God loved you. That means even if nobody else in this world wanted you, there was one who wanted you. Everything that is made, everything that was ever made, was made as an outflow of God's love. God is love. And so he created us. And he says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. With the love that has been going on for all of eternity. When I look at my children, I get the pleasure of saying, it was the love of your mother and I that created you. That you were born out of an overflow of love. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. That's it. That's what he's saying. I've been loved by the Father. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We have loved you. Now here's the deal. Would you remain in that love? That's the next statement. That's the command. Now remain in my love. So the idea of loving others is not something that I work up. It's something that I rest in. It's not something that I try to do. It's something that I trust for God to do in me. This has an effect on every area of our lives, and it changes the way we love. It changes the way we look at other people. It changes the way we deal with hurt. It changes the way we deal with offense. It changes everything. Because God loved us, we can love others. Since this is true, since Jesus has loved us, now remain in my love. Well, how can we remain in God's love? How can we remain in that? It says this in verse 10. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands 
and remain in his love. Now, I need to pause for a second. Okay, so I don't want anybody to break. I know that there's this uh, concept in 12-step circles of um, anonymity, meaning this, that you, 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 you want the ability to be anonymous. But I want you to think this through. Those of you who are in 12-step circles, those of you who are in 12-step circles, everything is gotten by effort. In other words, um, how do you stay clean? Well, you make a meeting. All these things I celebrate. Keep making meetings, right? I, I love that. I love that. I still I have 25 years clean. I still make meetings. I could, you can't break my anonymity. I can't, right? Um, so I'm not going to try to break yours, but I can. I can okay, so um, make a meeting. Well, oh, okay. All right, that's how I'll stay clean. I'll have to make a meeting. Good. That's an effort, though. Um, work the steps. Oh, okay. That's good. That's it. Please work the steps. Matter, matter of fact, for some of y'all, please, please work the steps. All right? All right? Um, okay, that was fresh. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Um, okay, so, right? Don't pick up. All of this is effort. All of this is effort. And this is where Christianity is different from anything and everything that you've ever heard in your entire life. You see here, it says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Now, Here's the deal. When we read this, what we like to do in our minds is we put 10 before 9. We go, oh, I know. I'm going to be a good boy. I'm going to be a good girl. I'm going to do everything right. Then God will love me. And this is not the far. This is why verse 9 is before verse 10. Remember what he said. As the Father has loved, is that past or present? Past. So have I loved you. Past or present? Past. So it's, the love that Jesus has for you is already yours. It's given to you. Do with it what you want. Jesus goes, but I have an idea. Remain in it. Don't move from it. And you go, but how can I do that? How can I do that? He goes, simple. Just keep on following what I'm telling you. And, and, and man, if you're a parent, you know this is true. Right? Um, my, my son, he's, uh, he's discovered, my, my little son, David, he's discovered the power of an I love you just recently. He's two years old. He's going to be three this month. In fact, he's going to be three in just a few days on the 12th. Um, and he's discovered the power of an I love you. So what happens, you know, uh, he has a glass in his hand. You know, you go, hey, Dave, put that down. He doesn't put it down. He chucks it over his shoulder. The glass breaks. And I go, David, what did you do? He goes, I love you, Poppy. <laughs> I know. I know. Watch this. He's discovered the power of I love you, right? Now, when Dave gets a little bit older, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, well, if you love me, you should obey my commands. Now, <laughs> all right, don't write me no emails. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about responsible discipline. Here's my point. My point is, is that love produces obedience. You've never, listen to me, if you've ever been in love, ladies, have you ever 
um, compromised your morals while being in love? Okay, okay. You know why? Because love produces obedience. You want to be obedient to what you're being asked when you love someone. That's just the way life is. That's a principle of life. Jesus is not saying something, oh, you got to do No, 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 he's saying, don't you get it? If you love me, if you experience my love, an outflow, a proof of that love will be in how you follow me, in how you obey me. It's just an overflow. It's an oxymoron to say, I'm a, follow, I'm a disobedient follower of Christ. It's an oxymoron to say, I love Jesus, but I'm not going to do what he asks. You're, you're saying two different things. Jesus says, don't you see, I've loved you, and it's yours. I've given it to you. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to. Listen, you don't have to do anything to earn the love that God has given you. I've given it to you for free. Now, it's free to you, but it costs him everything. But he's given it to you. You just have to respond to this love. Don't you wish, listen, imagine if our marriages functioned in that way. Imagine if with our children, our lives functioned that way. If at work, we functioned that way. Life would be unbelievable. Life would be better than it is now. I have told you this. Why, Jesus? Why have you told us this? So that, here it is, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now, I, again, I have nothing but illustrations for my younger son. Um, yesterday, we were in someone's house, and we said, don't, um, you know, don't jump on the couch, right? Because he was with another little boy, and he jumped on the couch. So he jumped on the couch, and then he jumped off the couch, and it was, it was one of those perfect swan dives where it was just like, bang, and he hit his head. And, and everything in me wanted to go, yes, say! Yes, say! But I, I tell you, if I, I, you almost want to go, you almost want to go, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. The reason I want you to obey these commands is so that you don't take a, swine, a swan dive off of the, the center of your life into the pain of sin. I don't want you to, listen, I'm not trying to tell, listen, why is God telling me, hey, listen, God is, God is giving me a restriction. God is putting a boundary. God is going, no, 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 not him, not her, not now, maybe later, or maybe he's saying, hey, stay in the pain, stay uh, focused, stay focused on me. God is giving you a restriction. He's giving you a boundary. And you're going, Ugh. God is going, listen, 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 don't fight me on this one. I'm, I'm, I'm sharing you this instruction. I'm giving you this command. I'm giving you this direction so that, so that my joy may be full. You go, but no. I want to do my thing. No, 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 no. You don't get it. You're playing on the couch. But it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I'm having a blast. It's so exciting. No, no, no. You don't understand. That next, that next step is a doozy. But when we, listen to me. When we know that God loves us, then we know that everything that he shares with us is for our good because he loves us. Amen. Isn't it true that you only want the best for those who you love? 
And God shares with us. He goes, listen, I've loved you. It's yours. You don't believe me? I loved you. Listen, I came from heaven to earth. I died on the cross. I was buried. On the third day, I rose. I send you my Holy Spirit. I've done it all for you. I've given you my love. I've poured it out for you. My love is yours already. It's a secure gift. Now, would you please... I, you don't know what's going to happen, God would say. You don't know what's going to happen in the next 30 seconds. I know what's going to happen in the next 30,000 years. Would you just please remain in my love? Obey what I'm telling you to do, and you'll find that your love will overflow into the lives of others. Moving quickly. My command is this, and here's his command. So you want to see? What the, how difficult? Oh, it's do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. Do this. No, he doesn't say that. You know what he says? He wraps it up in this. He says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. That's the command. Think about that for a second. So how does that play out? Okay. So let's talk about your marriage for a second. Okay. I know a lot of you are married. Some of you are not. A lot of you are not. It's fine. You, you, you can shelve this for later. Your wife comes home, and she's mean-spirited, and she hurts your feelings. And you go, wait. Jesus, you've loved me. I'm not going to love her. I'm not, listen, I'm not talking about niceness. I'm not talking about being nice. Fake niceness is, is very damaging to Christianity. Amen. I'm not talking about fake niceness. I'm talking about love that is born out of the love from God. Because remember, listen, remember what our lesson is. We, we're loved by Christ so we can love like Christ. So our wives come home and they give us, you know, the business and, you know, we feel disrespected, etc. And we go, wait, 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 wait. Jesus, we pause for a second and we say, Jesus, this looks familiar to me. I feel like maybe I've done this to you. Like, I'm, I'm all outraged. Have you, have you ever said, I can't stand liars or something like that? Everybody's outraged when someone lies to them. And I go, um, are you sure? Because you don't tell the truth all the time. I hope you can stand some liars. See, nobody has ever treated me in any way that I haven't treated Christ in the same way. This is why Christianity is different from everything else. It's not out of a basis of rules that we live out our lives. It's the basis of the sacrificial love of the Son of God that has been given to us. And so now He doesn't just give us principles. Principles are not enough. We need power. And His love gives us that power. So, this happens, and then we just spend time with Jesus. We're not, we're not going to react. No, 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 no. We're going we're gonna to go, oh wait, there's something here. I see something here. And we go and we, see, we come to Jesus. And we go, Jesus, yeah. Uh, I, I, I can see now. Because when we spend time with Jesus, he makes us aware of things that we didn't know before. And we go, oh yeah. I remember. Uh, um, just recently I had, uh, somebody broke into my car. 
right? I mean, they didn't break into my car. I left the stupid door open. And so, so they walked into my car. They sashayed into my car. Unbelievable. So, they get in, and then they, you know, and they, they pillage the whole thing. They must have gone back two or three times, because they, like, you know, it was like, it was unbelievable. But the point is this. They went into the car, and immediately, like, you know, you open the door, and they, you know, whatever, they messed the car up and all that. I remember looking at it and just thinking to myself, God, thank you. There was a time in my life that if you would have put all of my earthly belongings in the middle of the street, and you'd have came back the next day, all of my earthly belongings would still be in the middle of the street. Nobody would have wanted it. And today I have stuff that people can steal from. That's good. That's good. But now watch this. Why do I say that? Because there was a temptation in me to go, you know, God, what? You know, do you know where I'm going with this car? I'm going to serve your people. There was a temptation to do that. See, sometimes we all have bad days. And we blame Jesus for things. And we get angry with Jesus. What's his response to us? Like our wives or our husbands. What's his response to us? His response is to love. His response is to go, come here. Come here. I love you. Now, when you rest in that, I double dog dare you not to be transformed by that. When you sit in the love of God, when you realize that you have a worse attitude towards Jesus than your spouse has ever had towards you, you go, oh my gosh. You can go back to your wife and you can go, and sometimes this happens in a second and sometimes it takes a couple of days, but I'm saying, you go back to your wife and you go, you know what? I can see that you're hurt and you're wounded or you're upset. I just want you to know. I love you, and if there's any way that I can serve you. And even if they come back and they say, yeah, and they give you, you know, freshness, you can go, you can go, now, I love you so much. We need to talk about the tone and all that other stuff. We need to, when, when you're calm, we can talk about that. But I want you to know that your attitude towards me is not going to dictate my attitude towards you because I have been loved by Christ so that I could love like Christ. Are you getting where this is going? Right? Okay. Then, what happens? What happens? We, we get to work. And we are not appreciated. I mean, they just treat us not well. We're not treated well. And we go into work and we, we feel untreated. And we go, you know, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And you know what? There's, there's a time where Jesus just directs you and just says, hey, in love, I want you to speak to them about proper boundaries and things like that. But it doesn't start before Jesus goes, but before you go, Jesus, Jesus, you've done so much for me. I know I'm not grateful for all that you've done for me. I mean, look at this. I got a family of brothers and sisters in Christ that I can weep with and laugh with. I've got brothers and sisters to bear my burden. You've given me your spirit to comfort me in my most depressed moments. I get depressed sometimes. Really, really depressed. You've given me everything. You've saved me from sin, hell, and death. 
You've given me the joy of Christ. And here I am complaining because I don't have a couple of more zeros in my bank account. Oh, beloved. See, when we experience Jesus' love, we don't have to respond to our bosses. You know, people can come up to us and go, wow, you really stayed calm. Why aren't you reacting? Why aren't you exploding? And we're not going to say, oh, I guess, you know, I'm just, just going to try to work a program. Just going to do my best. No, 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 no. We go, no, no, no. The reason, the reason I can respond in love, here's the reason why I'm, I can respond in love. Here's why. Here's why. I've been loved by Jesus so that I can love like Jesus. Our kid is using, and it's a mess. I mean, it's a real mess. And our identity is found in this kid saying we're good parents. Or that we're, oh, Ma, you are always there for me. Oh, Dad, you are always there for me. But we know the Spirit of God has told us we got to let this kid experience some of the consequences of their actions. If we can't change their using, if we can't change their sinful behavior, we can at least change their address. We cannot. We cannot abide. And listen, if you're in that situation, I encourage you, come in to counseling. Let us help you to walk through that. You know, we don't want you to make any decisions based on fury because you heard, you heard a one line in a sermon. But we go, wait, 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 wait. Jesus loves me. You go, you, you know, they're banging on the door and you go, Ma, you hate me. You're not a good mother. And you're crying because your heart is, feels like it's going to explode. And you go, Jesus, hey, and you're reminded, wait, 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 wait. Jesus says, but I chasten those that I love. And you could go, son, listen, I, I, here, here's, the, you know, here's the number to the recovery house of worship. They'll get you into a detox. They'll send you to a rehab. They'll help you. They'll do everything they can. But here, beloved, listen to me. Here it is. I love you too much to let you kill yourself. Because Jesus did that for me. And you, and you feel like you're dying across the door. Jesus just didn't feel like he was dying. Jesus went ahead and died. Because remember, we're called, listen, because we've been loved by Jesus, we can now love like Jesus. And man, there's a million different illustrations I could give you. Our time is short. But whether it's with your finances or with your friendships, how you respond to the people who travel on the road next to you. What your life is like as you go to meetings and do other things. Know that we are called to love, not because we're very loving people and we're going to try harder and we're going to obey some things, but because we've been loved by Jesus. We can then love like Jesus. With that in mind, we're going to take some time to focus on the great, and I pray we've been focusing on it the whole service. But the reason that we can love, the reason that we could sit together, 
The reason that we can enjoy fellowship and sing to Jesus, the reason that we can do that is because God did the greatest sacrifice. God didn't just give us ideas and principles. God didn't just give us rules and laws. God saw that we were eternally separated from Him. God saw that we would never know Him. And He said, I'd rather die than let you go. Listen. In Buddhism, there's an eightfold path that you need to follow in order to reach a level of peace. In Islam, there's five pillars that you have to obey or, or follow or do. And if you're going to have a chance to have a relationship with God, and they wouldn't even establish, they wouldn't even say it that way. They wouldn't talk, in order for you to be with God. In Judaism, there are ten commandments that you have to obey. There are principles in all the other world religions and philosophies, 12-step programs, religions, everything. They're all on the basis of what you do and how well you do it. Then you'll have the favor of God. God says, I'll tell you what, I'm cutting out the middle, man. Here's the truth. You can't do it. I've seen you. You go, you, you tell God, listen, you tell God, no, God, God, listen, um, um, could you, could you wait, I, for a future version of me. In a future version of me, I'll be better. In a future version of me, I'll do what's best. In a future version of me, I'll do what's right. I'll go, and God goes, I've seen you three years from now, baby. Mm, nothing's changed. But I know what? I know what? I've also seen 2,000 years ago. God says, this is why the Christian gospel is so important. This is why love explodes from the Christian. Because God sees you in your dirt. God sees you in your mess. God sees you in your horror. And he says, I'll take him. I'll take him. She, she's mine. God sees you in all your dirty. You can't dress up for it. You can't fake it. You can't put on a mask. God sees you. God, God knows you are worse than you think. And he loves you more than you can imagine. Amen. He says, I'll die for you. And I'll not just die for you, but I'll, I'll send my spirit to live in you. So that you could not only have my son, but you could have the father. You could have the spirit. You could have his word. This is why communion is so important to us. Because we celebrate all the wonderful things that God has done. This body might perish, but His love won't perish. I might get discouraged, but God will never be discouraged in loving me. He's determined to do so. You don't believe it, look to the cross. So, the, the team is going to sing softly, and we're going to reflect. Here's what you're going to reflect. If you don't know Jesus, you're going to go, Here's it, here it is. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. 
And because you died on the cross, I believe that you could save even me. Save me. And then say, I'll live for you. So you go, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. You could save me even with all my grimy dirt and sin. I'm not pretending. I'm not acting. I'm not uh, uh, excusing. This is me. And then you go, Jesus, now make me to follow you. So they're going to sing, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to just let the, There's going to be a temptation for you to sing along with them so that you don't do business with God. I want you to let the words just wash over you. I want you to pray. If you don't know Jesus, say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross, or I believe a little bit. <laughs> Whatever, wherever you're at. Then, I know that you could save me. Because you could do it. Because if it's up to me, I'm done. And then I want to follow you forever. I want to live in your love. If you know Jesus, and this is a wonderful opportunity to go, Jesus, would you reduce me to love? Would you help me to run my life through the grid of your love? Help me to see how I love my friends, my family, my work environment. The people on the street, strangers, neighbors, the lost, the saved, the, you know, people from other... Help me to see how I love them. And would you just impact that? Would you point to the areas of my life where love is not real or true? It's a manipulation or it's an act or it's something else? You let Jesus do that work and then we'll celebrate that he died on the cross because he loved you. And he rose from the dead because he loved you. And he sent his spirit to live in you because he loved you. He wanted you to know that so that you could love like you were loved. Lead us. You pray. Oh God. Jesus, help us. Transform us, oh God. Give us a heart for the gospel. Make this message deeper into my own soul. Remind us of your sacrifice on the cross, oh God. Remind us of all that you've done for us. Remind us that you died, sent your son to die on the cross.
Our hearts need to be reminded of this love that you've bestowed upon us. There's no, there's no other remedy that will do. Lord, there's many of us here who have been running from your love in religious involvement. We think that coming to church, reading a Bible, putting a couple of bucks in the plate, we think that that's what it means to follow Jesus. I mean, we wouldn't say that in our minds, but that's what we think. Lord, reduce us to love. Help us to see Jesus. Help us to see the the nails in his hand so that we might see what love looks like. Help us to see the bruises on his face so we might see what love looks like. The thorns in his brow, Lord, so that we might see what love looks like. The nail in his feet. Help us to see the an eternity of hell experienced in hours on the cross. We can't even imagine it. So God, I just pray that you open our hearts to receive your love. Your sacrificial love that not only died in our place, but lives in us to share with others.